SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Hour number three of the morning after on SportsGrid. Sirius XM, channel 159, the home for SportsGrid radio on Sirius XM. And all across the SportsGrid network, I am Ben Stevens. Two more days left in the year 2020. Tomorrow, you're probably going to pop some champagne as we celebrate the end of 2021 into 2022. It's going to be flowing. The times are going to be fun. But right now, in this third hour, on this Thursday, it is happy hour. On the morning after a celebratory occasion right here on the Spiz Grizz as we look forward to a great bowl slate on this Thursday four games you need to know but also college hoops in action the NBA in action as well and of course NFL week 17 on the horizon how would you want to end out a year how would you want to go to the next year you want to do that with good friends and that's what we've done here on TMA but especially in this very happy hour. Coach James Young joins us in just a little bit to look around the association, both last night and tonight, and how things look moving forward. And then my dear pal, George Balecci from Nesson, joins us for a huge weekend for the New England Patriots, a chance to clinch a postseason berth. Also, George worked in Madison, Wisconsin, a little bit of a breakdown of the Las Vegas Bowl tonight between the Badgers and the Sun Devils of Arizona State. And first, let me just make one final point. You know the Jack Weinberger cap of the weekend. We do it every week entering college football. Jack was here live in studio to end out hour number two. Told you to take Cincinnati, not just with the 13 and a half points, but plus 410 on the money line. Our good pal Jack Weinberger has a huge parlay at stake based on that game in the college football playoff semifinal former intern associate producer making his on-air debut it's what we do as a part of the family here on the morning after so so many sports happening as we round out 2021 the second to last week in the nfl no thursday night games tonight but a full slate on sunday including a couple of games against divisional foes that will feature playoff implications that is the case for the los angeles chargers and the denver broncos this weekend at SoFi Stadium in Los Angeles. Pulling up the updated line here. The Chargers laying five and a half points. The over-under total, 45 in a hook. LA, and now six and a half, excuse me, on the FanDuel Sportsbook, and the over-under up by a hook to 46. Now, you see the Chargers laying near a touchdown right now. Laying nearly a touchdown at six and a half points. Bad as a favorite this year have the Chargers been. Just three and six against the spread not covering by an average margin of 5.2 points per game. And last week, the reason the Chargers are in this almost do-or-die scenario within the AFC wildcard race, now currently on the outside looking in, it's because LA coughed up a golden opportunity. They were a 12.5-point favorite on the road last week against the Houston Texans. Not only did they not cover that big spread, they lost outright and got dominated, frankly, 41-29 to by the Houston Texans. They were minus 500 were the Chargers to make the postseason two weeks ago today on a Thursday night, also at home in LA against the Kansas City Chiefs. Had the Chargers won that game, they probably would have been in pole position to win the division in the AFC West. They lost in overtime. 
And then they were still minus 270 entering last week's game against Houston as a 12 and a half point road favorite. And they lost that game outright. The Chargers just three and six against the number as a favorite this year. As we welcome in our Sports Grid radio audience here to the third and final very happy hour of the morning after on this Thursday, the second to last day of the year 2021. You're listening on Sirius XM, channel 159, the mightier 1090 out on the West Coast. This is our West Coast wake-up portion of the show as we welcome in our West Coast audience, and I am Ben Stevens. We're looking at a game on the West Coast in the City of Angels between the Chargers and the Broncos this upcoming weekend. The line has now moved slightly in LA's favor from an opener at 6 to 6.5 currently on the FanDuel Sportsbook. The over-under that opened at 45 and a hook also up by another hook to 46 points in total. So when you look at the Chargers, we mentioned not great as a favorite, Three and six ATS. They have also only covered three times in their last 10 games. And I use cover for one of those games as a slight pick em favorite against the Philadelphia Eagles. Now, Denver's lost two straight games, all but eliminating the Denver Broncos from AFC playoff contention. Not technically eliminated as of yet, but it's seemingly a very long shot for the Broncos to make the postseason. So you would look at a team like Denver and probably think, hey, it's been an up and down year around a 500 ball club. They've probably been an underdog as many times as they've been a favorite. No, the Broncos have only been an underdog four times this year, two and two against the number, but in those two covers, winning outright, and not just winning outright, winning outright in those two covers as an underdog by at least two touchdowns, including a game about a month and a half ago against the LA Chargers, in which the Denver Broncos at home in the Mile High City won that game 28-13 to as a two-and-a-half, three-point dog against their divisional rivals in the LA Chargers. When you look at this total, Los Angeles normally has been booked in the 50s for a good amount of this NFL season. Denver, the complete opposite. The highest under percentage in the entire NFL. 80% of the Broncos games this year hitting an under. 12 of the 15 for Denver hitting in under this year. So that a huge game that will decide some of the postseason ramifications in the AFC. Ton more in the NFC as well. We continue to break down week 17, and we will do that tomorrow on the final Football Friday of the year 2021 here on the morning after. But up next, college basketball back into the mix. We enter the zone coming up next here on The Grid. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. You know how much we love college football on this show. And bowl season is certainly the focus across collegiate athletics right now. But on this Thursday, on the morning after on SportsGrid and Sirius XM, Channel 159, we don't just stop at college football. We look at college basketball as well. I'm your host, Ben Stevens. So let's get into the zone. I am a proud grad of Syracuse University. We live and breathe the 2-3 zone up in central New York. In fact, Syracuse with a big win over Cornell last night at home at the Carrier Dome, almost covering as a 14-and-a-half point favorite. So the 2-3 zone, the 1-3-1, the box in one, 1-1-3 with trapping principles, whatever it might be, 
We get into the zone here to provide you all the analysis and the trends you need to know for college hoops. And over the last week, week and a half, because of the holiday break and kids being and having finals on campus, and then, of course, with some of the COVID increases that we have seen, putting teams on COVID pauses, there hasn't been a lot of college basketball to break down over the past seven, eight, nine days. That was not the case last night, including a stellar night in the SEC. SEC opening night, in fact, for conference play in two top 25 matchups. Let's start with Auburn and LSU. A great game for the Auburn Tigers at home, handing the LSU Tigers LSU's first loss of the season. Auburn winning that game 70-55. to LSU entered the day one of five remaining unbeaten teams in all of college basketball. Now, there are just four left. And the four, just so you know them, USC, Iowa State, Colorado State, and then the number one team in the country and the reigning national champions, the Baylor Bears. Auburn, not too shabby either. The number 11 team in the country, now 12-1 straight up. Last night covering as a four-and-a-half-point favorite at home. The Auburn Tigers, 9-4 and four against the number this year. And the only loss for Auburn... 115-109 against UConn in a tournament at the end of November. So Auburn is a very, very good team. In fact, number 11 in the AP poll, even higher rated in Ken Palm's efficiency metrics, the eighth best team in KP's ratings. LSU, by the way, number 12 in KP's ratings as well. And LSU, despite their first loss of the year last night, straight up and not covering as a four-and-a-half-point road underdog, still... 10-3 and three against the spread this year. In the SEC, they say it just means more. And that often goes hand-in-hand hand with what a lot of people would argue, not me, but a lot of people would argue is the best football conference in all of college sports. The SEC this year is certainly a league to keep an eye on when it comes to college basketball because it was not just one, but two top 25 tilts last night to open up SEC conference play. In Tuscaloosa last night, number 19 Alabama Hangs on to beat number 14 Tennessee at home in both teams' SEC opener. The Tide wing 73-68. to In what felt like a great game all throughout, really one possession back and forth, back and forth throughout the entirety of both halves last night in Tuscaloosa, Bama prevails at home. In fact, there were three lead changes in the final minute and 15 seconds of this game. That shows how competitive it was between the Tide and the Volunteers of Tennessee. Bama was a six and a half point, seven point home favorite yesterday by the time we got to tip. They do not cover. Tennessee covers as an underdog on the road. And in fact, Alabama has not covered in their last five straight games, but still a win to start off SEC conference play. Now, the second game for Tennessee as an underdog this year, the first time they have covered. The only other game as an underdog for the Vols earlier in the non-conference portion of their slate against Villanova. They did not cover that number, but covering last night despite dropping their SEC opener. A total of 147 and a half stays under. Alabama, because of the high-paced offense they play and their ability for Nate Oates' team to shoot the three at a high clip, normally will have pretty lofty totals, but 147 and a half stays under. In fact, when you look at Tennessee, an under now in six of their last seven games, the Volunteers, the second most efficient defense in all of college basketball. Again, trends in the zone you need to know not only for a look back, but looking forward at the rest 
of this college hoop slate. Now, I want to check something here real quick to see if we have the SEC title odds back up on the FanDuel Sportsbook. They were not up this morning, currently still not available. But when you look at the SEC, like we have said last night, the opening night in conference action, it is going to be a competitive conference the entirety of the year. There are five SEC teams ranked right now inside the AP Top 25. Auburn, who handed LSU its first loss last night, is ranked highest at 11th in the country. But the Ken Palm efficiency rankings might be a little stronger of an indication of where the SEC stands in the realm of college basketball this year because five teams are ranked in Ken Palm's top 20, two inside the top 10, with Auburn and Kentucky inside the top 10 of KP's rankings. And then at number 11, you have LSU. And at number, or excuse me, at Tennessee is number 11. And at number 12, you have LSU. And then Alabama at number 17. So five teams in Ken Palm's top 20. And that doesn't even include good basketball teams like Arkansas and Florida, who, who should certainly be a part of the mix throughout the entirety of this SEC season. Kentucky was the favorite at last check with Alabama only a couple of cents behind them. Arkansas not far behind, but you got to keep an eye on Bruce Pearl's Tigers of Auburn. And LSU has been a really, really good side this year. 12-1 and one straight up is LSU. 12-1 and one straight up is Auburn. The Tigers 9-4 and four against the spread. Thanks to covering as a four and a half point home favorite last night against LSU. LSU Tigers, the Bayou Bengals themselves. 10-3 and three against the number. When those SEC title odds come back up, we'll bring you an update because it will be interesting to monitor that marketplace throughout the entirety of this college basketball season. That could be said for the Big East as well. Maybe not quite as top-heavy as having five teams from the SEC inside Ken Palm's top 20, but the Big East is going to be a fascinating conference to watch. And a team we have told you about for the last couple of weeks, a team that you need to know about that the market is still slightly undervaluing, in my humble opinion, a team out of Providence, Rhode Island, the Friars under Ed Cooley. Providence now number 21 in the country, and they start off a perfect 2-0 in Big East play, knocking off number 15 Seton Hall last night by a final score of 70-56. to Now, Seton Hall was very shorthanded. Only eight active players available for Hall Ball last night. It's all part of the new COVID rules we have seen rolled out really across many conferences in all of college basketball. The fixtures of that rule that even if you have a couple of COVID positives on your team, if you have seven scholarship players available and one acting coach, then you must play in the game. It will not be postponed. It will not be canceled if you have seven active and healthy scholarship players. Seton Hall only had eight in total last night they fall to Providence 70 to 65 so now Providence a top 25 team 12 and 1 straight up the only loss this year for the Friars came to Virginia in non-conference play last night at home Providence covers as a two and a half point favorite they have won seven straight games and they are a really good number against the spread nine and four their ATS mark so far this year for Providence. A total of 139 stays under. That's five straight unders for Providence. And although Providence is inside the top 25 in the AP poll, and although they are 12-1, and although I think they have tons of value in the Big East title race, 
Ken Baum, one of the brightest minds in all of college basketball, does not necessarily share my optimism for the Providence Friars. Providence, in his metrics, still ranked number 46 in the country. Number 21 in the AP poll with a win over a top 15 opponent last night in Seton Hall, but still number 46. Like the SEC title odds, the Big East championship odds not currently available on the FanDuel Sportsbook. Nova at last check was an odds-on favorite, and rightfully so. Seton Hall will be at the top of that race, as will UConn. Providence was 30-1 to with the sixth best odds. Keep an eye on Ed Cooley, Providence, and the Friars the rest of the way. From college to the NBA, Coach James Young joins us next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Back right here on the morning after on SportsGrid. The second to last show of the year 2021 of TMA here on the grid. Sirius XM, channel 159 and all across the SportsGrid network. So as we round out this year in 2021, as I alluded to to start off happy hour, how else would you want to spend it than with your dear friends? So right here, right now, we welcome on Coach James Young. JY getting in the mix on this Thursday on TMA. He was very excited because he thought this was the final hour of the final show of TMA for this calendar year. We'll be here tomorrow for the final football Friday, a college football Friday, virtually a CFP pregame show, Coach. But it's still great to have you here at the end of 2021. This is three times in the last week. We're the lucky ones here on SportsGrid. Well, you know, I was getting a little excited. I got the little shout out beginning of the hour. I'm getting all excited. Come on. I'm on the last hour of the morning after. And then there's a show tomorrow. So, of course, I'm going to tune in. It's great to be on with you because we got a lot of stuff to discuss in the association. Certainly we do. A smattering across the sports landscape, as I always say. Of course, college football bowl season, NFL week number 17. But now, NBA following Christmas Day, we're starting to get a sense of what the slate like might look like so coach before we look forward to tonight and the thursday evening that we have let's look back on last night the knicks on the road winning their third straight game not only just winning their third straight game covering in three straight they do that against the pistons last night but still benefits for the knicks as we move forward now past the christmas day slate in what has been a very topsy-turvy year coach for your knickerbockers what do you make of where they stand right now the starting lineup is a hot mess. I mean, as a oh. coach, you look at plus minus sometimes you look at it and you don't take it seriously. But think, think about this. The five starters from the from the Knicks last night, the best plus minus was Quentin Grimes at minus 17. And then Obi plus 36. Taj plus 31. McBride plus 39. Burks plus 28. Quick plus 27. The bench played phenomenal last night for the Knicks, and it's going to start to pose some problems for Tibbs. I think they missed Evan Fournier uh, last night with an ankle sprain, couldn't go. But here's the thing that's interesting about the Knicks and looking at the record. They are only one game off of where they were last this point last year. They were 18 and mm. 17, started to make their run right around when Derrick Rose got to New York. So now you wonder, 
Can the Knicks, with a softer schedule going to Oklahoma City tomorrow, can they start to turn it on a little bit? they got three or so games that they should win in a row. Can they start to right the ship? But the thing that's also got to watch is Julius Randle's banged up, may not want to touch his props. So look to other guys to start hitting their props. Mitchell Robinson with the rebounds. Maybe look at Obi Toppin's props because when he plays, he gets out of transition and gets a lot of points quickly. And if he's, if he's in the lineup, his point prop will probably be pretty low. And JY knows how to orchestrate a lineup. A former associate head coach at Monmouth University for their women's basketball program. So when we call this the scouting report with James Young, he sees it from a perspective we value here on SportsGrid. Coach, when you look at the Knicks, their last four wins, all four of those games to an under. Their last two losses, those two games to an over. We know that Tibbs preaches a defensive brand of basketball. Hopefully the Knicks can take that into the new year another team on the road last night but not victorious the los angeles lakers the lake show have now lost six of their last eight games lebron even with another 30 point performance his sixth straight game in doing so outdueled last night by the grizzlies and john morant who finished with 41 points 10 boards are you concerned by the lakers or are you more impressed by the grizzlies i could be a little bit of both if i can let's start off with the yep. lakers they just got to get healthy. And LeBron is really playing, honestly, all right, K-Dubs, you can have this. He's playing some of his <laughs> best stretch of basketball the last five years. He is literally doing everything he can to carry the Lakers, but he needs Russell Westbrook to start to step up and make some premier oh. shots. But as for the other side, Memphis, John Morant, Lord have mercy is this boy coming with some serious mm. heat. The way he played last night with 41 points, FanDuel had that 25-plus for LeBron and Ja to hit. I think it hit in the third quarter. So with Ja playing the way Ja plays, and you're going to get Dylan Brooks back soon. Bain has been a revelation. You know, uh, Jaron Jackson Jr. could play. Steven Adams giving something out of the middle. And they bring guys like Kyle Anderson off the bench. That's a sneaky team. And if you could still get them at a decent odd, I think they run away with that division, and they're probably going to be probably a top five seed in the Western Conference. Yeah, right now the Grizz 30 to 1 to win the Western Conference, the eighth best odds in that marketplace on the FanDuel Sportsbook. So from last night, JY, to tonight's slate in the NBA, not so many games on this Thursday evening, but a couple of interesting ones, and we start with a little bit of breaking news provided to us by our producer, John Shames, on this show. Doc Rivers has entered health and safety protocols for the Philadelphia 76ers. The Sixers on the road tonight in Brooklyn, taking on a Nets team that's actually getting pretty healthy out of the health and safety protocols. Kyrie Irving activated, Kevin Durant activated, and James Harden still balling right now for the Nets as well. A four-and-a-half-point favorite right now, on FanDuel. Coach, my eyesight not great. I can't even see what the line was earlier this morning, but four and a half points right now for Brooklyn against the Sixers tonight. This matchup against two of the best teams in the Eastern Conference, which side do you like? Well, <laughs> with Doc out of the lineup, I was leaning towards taking Philadelphia for a hot minute because I'm not the biggest Doc River guy, but guess who's back? Back again. KD's uh -oh. back. Tell yep. a friend. KD is back tonight, and that boy will be dropping some buckets. Two interesting player performance doubles you may want to look at. James Harden double-double, mm. that's the win, plus money. Or Kevin Durant, 25-plus. 
Brooklyn to win plus 130. Two player performance oh. props right off the bat that I'm eyeing up. You know, it just came up a couple of minutes ago because they weren't showing anybody from Brooklyn. I think the Nets start to make a statement now with these two guys back. Kyrie comes back in a week when they come on the road. So watch out, people. The Nets are coming. And that line has even moved more so in Brooklyn's favor in the last 10 minutes. Now five and a half points. The Nets a home favorite tonight against the Sixers. The over-under 221 and a half. We're calling this segment the scouting report with James Young. You can see the scouting report pretty much on a daily basis from JY across SportsGrid social media channels where he breaks things down from a player performance double perspective that have been hitting a pretty good clip with some pretty good plus money involved as well. So James, as we look across the Eastern Conference, of course, the Brooklyn Nets, the favorites right now at plus 145. Getting healthy, looking forward to the rest of this NBA season. The Milwaukee Bucks, Giannis is back. The reigning NBA title winners, plus 300 in the Eastern Conference. Currently the second best odds. The Bucks on the road against the Magic tonight. A 14-point favorite for Giannis and company in Orlando. So this game from a perspective, sure, coach, maybe the Bucks go on the road and cover a big number, but what do you make of where Milwaukee is at this moment as they look to contend for another Eastern Conference crown against the likes of the Brooklyn Nets? They're starting to roll, Ben. Now that they got their big three all playing together, they're playing as good as anybody in the Eastern Conference right now. And you got to put respect on their name because they're also the defending NBA champions. They're getting really good play out of Bobby Portis. I think DeMarcus Cousins is going to be a sneaky good signing for them because if you're not asking for the Sacramento 25 and 10 DeMarcus Cousins, you're going to get something really good 15 to 20 minutes a night. So looking at this game tonight, they're playing the Orlando Tragic. And Lord have mercy, I think, you know, our guy Donnie Wright, I said earlier today in Sports Grid, I think that the bench from Milwaukee can beat the starting lineup for Orlando. That's how many guys are out for the Orlando Tragic. So when I looked at the player performance doubles, I'm gonna, I tried to find something with plus money. So our boy, Bobby Digital, Bobby Portis, mm. two plus threes, and the Bucks to win is even money right now. So Bobby hit mm. five threes two nights ago. He's hit this in seven out of the last nine games, playing well. Ball goes into Giannis in the low post. Bobby Forty stretches out. There should be some opportunities for Bobby Digital to get busy tonight. So it's going to be a snooze fest. Unless you like laying the, 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 the amount of wood that it is tonight, look at a player performance double like Bobby Portis, two plus threes, and the Bucks win. And now you're looking at plus or close to plus money, depending on when you put it in. Not only is Coach James Young breaking down these games across the NBA from his great perspective in this scouting report and breaking it down on a line-by-line -line basis for us here in the NBA tonight. If you're keeping track at home, that's Russell West Brick that he has dropped. The Orlando Tragic. He sang to welcome KD back to the fold for the Brooklyn Nets. All of that is what JY does. And we finish by looking at a game in Denver tonight. Coach, two nights ago, the Nuggets beat the Warriors 89-86. Golden State still tied for the best record in all of the association with the Phoenix Suns at 27-7. and A four-and-a-half point road favorite tonight. Does Golden State get back on track? Only about 40 seconds left here in this segment. I actually think I'm going to do this. I'm going to get some again. I'm going to take the Joker 25-plus and the Nuggets to win tonight. 
That is some serious oh. plus money. Last time I saw it, it's at plus 285. I think the Joker, who had eight turnovers to score to 22, gets busy tonight in Mile High City. I'm taking the upset, the Nuggets, to win outright, and the Joker to give me 25-plus. That'd be two straight for the Nuggets over the Warriors in three nights. Coach James Young, if you take one thing away, not only his word play, but player performance doubles and some plus money, a great way to look on the FanDuel Sportsbook. JY, thank you so much for your time here over the last week. A very happy new year to you, my friend. We'll talk again soon. George Belecci is up next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back to the morning after on Sports Grid Sirius XM, channel 159, and all across the Sports Grid network. I'm Ben Stevens. I've said it once, I've said it twice, I'll say it three times in our third and final hour of this second to last show of 2021 here on the grid. You want to spend some time around the holidays with your friends, and that's what we're doing here right now with George Belecci, a sports anchor, host, digital reporter, whatever you need him to do, a jack-of-all-trades for Nesson, covering everything there in the greater Boston area. Georgie, thank you for joining us here on a Thursday on TMA. Ben, always great to be with you. You almost made me shed a tear on that intro. I appreciate it. No better way to end the year of 2021 with you, my buddy, my friend. Love it. Hey, I absolutely love every part of it. Not only... Well, we talk some New England Patriots and how the AFC East and more so the AFC playoff picture looks for the Pats this upcoming weekend in Week 17 and maybe how their postseason outlook looks like as well. George, also a former sports reporter and anchor in Madison, Wisconsin, he'll give us a little sample of what we can expect tonight in the Las Vegas Bowl between Arizona State and those Badgers of UW. All right, Georgie, let's first dive in to the NFL Week number 17. The Patriots were one of the hottest teams in the NFL entering their bye week seven straight wins seven straight covers they come out of that bye week on a Saturday night against the Colts they lose that game last week in a huge matchup at Gillette against the Buffalo Bills that really set the stage for the AFC East the Patriots go down at home so the Pats get a chance to respond this week and welcome in the Jacksonville Jaguars New England a 15 and a half point favorite should be good tidings at Foxborough this time around, what's the biggest thing, George, they have stressed this week throughout practice of how the Patriots now bounce back? It's been what's been their undoing the last two weeks, Ben. And that's as simple as this. It's their execution and how they open up the game. Because in Indianapolis, very slow start coming out of the bye week. Saturday night in the Dome, it was loud. Jonathan Taylor was imposing his will on the Patriots' defense, and the offense did not get going seriously until the fourth quarter, it felt like. Then you go against the Bills, Opening drive of the game, Damian Harris rush, no gain. And from there, they had three plays for negative three yards, including a penalty, and then a Mac Jones incomplete pass, too. So it was just bad starts for them. And then also the defense yeah. couldn't get any stops. Literally, in 60 minutes of football, the Bills never punted once. Every drive lasted at least seven plays for Buffalo. And if they wanted to have their way, they did. They had a few back-breaking plays. Josh Allen played out of his mind, but he re-established on why he is a top-10, top-five quarterback in this league ability-wise alone. You touched on that seven 
game win streak they had, and the defense lived and died by points don't beat you. I'm sorry, yards don't beat you, but points do. They were allowing 10 points Mm -hmm. per game over that stretch, but it was against Zach Wilson, Mike White, or Matt White, whatever, the backup for the Jets that was lightning in a bottle and fell off. Against Justin Herbert, who played well, but Sam Darnold, Baker Mayfield, Matt Ryan, and a very undermanned Falcons offense, even with Justin Pitts in the fold. They took him out of the game. Ryan Tannehill, no A.J. Brown, no Derrick Henry, no Julio Jones. And then they had that win, of course, where they needed a tornado to have their back to beat Buffalo in Buffalo and Josh Allen. But you touched on the last two games. That Colts game down the wire was in their hands, and then Jonathan Taylor did what makes him an MVP candidate on breaking that 67-yard run with just over nine, with just over two minutes left in the game. It was a, it was a one-score game at that point. Very well, the Patriots could have walked away with a win. For them, it was just a lot of shooting themselves in the foot. When it came to the Bills, though, they controlled the line of scrimmage. They got the first downs when they wanted to. They could not be covered, and they exposed this defense. Especially made that linebacking core for the Patriots look slow. So. A good opponent to come in with the Jags where they're just one of the worst, if not the worst, team in the league, if not them or the New York Giants. You get back to the basics. I think it'll be a very simple game plan. Run the ball. They allow 4.6 yards per rush, which is one of the worst in the NFL. So have Damian Harris and Ramondre Stevenson do their thing. For Mac Jones, keep it simple because his decision-making has been off these last two games. You can even say three games, even though he only threw the ball three times against Buffalo. So, George, because of the Pats' loss at home last week to Buffalo, the Bills now minus 800 on FanDuel, a heavy odds-on favorite to win the AFC East. But all is not lost for New England with a win over the Jacksonville Jaguars on Sunday at home and a 15.5-point spread in their favor is a strong indication they will at least win the football game and a loss by the Miami Dolphins or a loss from the Las Vegas Raiders. New England is in to the postseason. So what do you make of the Patriots' outlook as they head down the home stretch here of the regular season? Well, you touched on, you know, they still have the AFC East in play. If they just want to regain home field advantage throughout the playoffs, they need to win out. Chiefs need to lose out. Bills, Titans, and Colts need to split their last two games. That's not going to happen, Ben. What they have to do at this point is go into Jacksonville, get back to the basics, like I said, have the defense re-wake up. And from the jump, from the opening kickoff play, well, they cannot have another slow start. And it seemed odd what happened against Indianapolis. But like I said, it falls kind of on Mac Jones, completing just 52% of his passes last two weeks, two touchdowns, four interceptions. But what makes this team great, what makes the offense go, is when they can run the ball well and when they get stops because it keeps the game within their game plan. Against the Bills on Sunday, Buffalo only had to rush four on 29 of Mac Jones's 37 dropbacks. So that also shows the offensive line wasn't playing up to par either. It was a lot of self-inflicted wounds. For them to get back on track to what I made out of the last two weeks, it's going to be tough because they have Jacksonville this week, but they have to go to Miami to play the Dolphins. The Dolphins themselves yeah. on a seven-game win streak, the opponents they beat over that span, a combined 355 win percentage, and the best quarterback they faced was a struggling Lamar Jackson because it was Terod Taylor, Joe Flacco, Cam Newton, P.J. Walker, Mike Lennon, Zach Wilson, and Ian Book. So, like I said, for the Pats, when they had their seven-game win streak, it didn't come against great quarterback play. That's what the Dolphins are flirting with, too. But they lead the NFL in sacks. They have one of the best defenses when it comes to opponent quarterback ratings, as do the Bills, as do the Patriots. It's never easy in Miami. The Dolphins always play up to the Patriots. Brian Flores knows how to beat Bill Belichick. So the last two weeks, it's going to be dicey. What they have to focus on is this week, and I think they will get that outside help. I really do actually like the Titans' chances against the Dolphins. 
And even with that, mm. sounds like Carson Wentz could possibly go on Sunday. I like that even more against the Raiders for the Colts to pull out a win there. So a win, they need one of those two teams to lose, and that's what gets them in. Yeah, the odds right now certainly indicating that New England can clinch at least a postseason berth this weekend because the Pats more than a two-touchdown favorite at home against the Jags. The Finns are a three-and-a-half-point underdog against the Titans, and the Raiders a six-and-a-half-point underdog against the Indianapolis Colts. New England needs a win and at least one loss from either Miami or Las Vegas to get into the postseason. So, George, we're looking at the AFC Championship odds right here, and you still see the Patriots at plus 750 with the third shortest odds to win the AFC title do you think that new england can translate into postseason success and can be a true contender for an afc conference crown i just don't see it happening ben especially if they have to go on the road with a rookie quarterback you look at who they could potentially play if it comes down to the kansas city chiefs and arrowhead that alone is where you don't want to send any rookie qb it's going to be cold it's going to be windy it's going to be one of the loudest stadiums in the nfl let alone the afc but on top of that, you see how important, how you know frugal that defense can be when Chris Jones is in their lineup. You see how that offense is waking up, and it is Patrick Mahomes still. Then on top of that, when it comes to the Bills, again, that would be in Buffalo. And what I saw on Sunday is where the Patriots, you know, everyone said they don't have the true wide receiver one. You look at throughout who the wide receiver core is, and these are a bunch of guys, would they be a wide receiver one on any other team? They have a lot of wide receiver twos. Would they even be wide receiver twos on any other team? Hunter Henry was taken out of the game plan. Jonu Smith has hit a wall the last few games. And Josh McDaniels, offensive coordinator, owned that himself, saying he has to find a better way to get him the ball. So it just seems like the Patriots, once again, are trying to figure themselves out. Like I said, they have a good opponent this week with the Jaguars. But with all these question marks, to me, the only way they can make some noise and have a run at the AFC Championship game is if they get down to it, have Ramondre Stevenson and Damian Harris carry them through. And for Mac Jones, they do have to simplify it. He's really been seeming like he's been speeding up his delivery. He's been making a lot more mistakes. His decision-making hasn't been there, and neither has been his accuracy. And those last two attributes I mentioned, those are his strengths. But he just seems like, I don't want to say hit the rookie wall, but he's having those rookie games where everything's getting yeah. faster for him. It's getting more difficult, and you're seeing him make poor choices when it comes down to this team, that's not what's going to win you. Just make sure you play winning football because the defense will have your back. And at the same time, Matt Judon and Christian Barmore have come down to earth. And when you look at that linebacking core, they look old and they look slow. And that's what you have with Dante Hightower, Kyle Van Noy, Jamie Collins getting reps in there as well. And we'll see if Juwan Bentley could come off the COVID list and play for the Pats this Sunday. So Buffalo cannot clinch the AFC East division this weekend, but both – Buffalo and New England can earn a postseason bid with a win and a couple of things happening around the rest of the AFC playoff picture that go their way. Buffalo, nearly a two-touchdown favorite, laying 14-and-a-half right now in their game against the Atlanta Falcons. The New England Patriots now up to a 16-and-a-half point favorite in their home contest against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Both of those teams from the AFC East Probably getting into the postseason this weekend. And the Miami Dolphins, George, who currently occupy that seventh and final spot in the AFC playoff picture. Three out of four teams from the AFC East might make the postseason in the AFC. Much to be decided in the final two weeks of this NFL regular season. But let's go back to our roots. A couple of Big Ten guys talking some shop, talking some college football tonight. Because George Belecci not only currently working for Nesson and doing wonderful coverage there 
in the New England area, also coming from Madison, Wisconsin, where he spent over two years as a sports anchor and reporter covering the Badgers. And I wanted to do this with George here to round out our segment together. The Badgers right now, George, a touchdown favorite tonight out in the desert in Vegas against Arizona State. And gaze at that total, an over-under of 42 points. It is the lowest total of all of this bowl season. And of course, it features the Wisconsin Badgers. George, break down this matchup for us in the Las Vegas Bowl, please. I think I love that under, and it speaks to one of the best defenses in the country for the Wisconsin Badgers. And for Arizona State, no Rashad White, who's their leading rusher, accounted for over 50% of their yards the last three games. He opted out. Backup running back, Diamante Tranium. I hope I pronounced that right. He entered the transfer portal. And then their best defensive player, Darian Butler, opted out at linebacker too. So it's going to fall on Jaden Daniels offensively, going against one of the best defenses in the country. Jim Leonard will make you look like a fool, especially with all this time to prep. And you go on the reverse course on that. For Wisconsin, what they love to do and what their pride is, is in running the ball. And that's what they're going to do all day against Arizona State. Credit to the Sun Devils, 8-4 and this year. I mean, they impressed me. Herm Edwards is still doing some a lot more than anyone expected them to do out there. But at the same time, you look at that over-under like you mentioned. That's why I want to take the under because I do think it'll take two offenses to tango in this. The only way I see that over-hitting is if Graham Mertz has a stellar game because both of Arizona State's best corners opted out of the game as well. But I worry for Graham Mertz coming off this long layoff, how he's going to play because he's been erratic throughout the season. He's had those glimpses of the Graham Mertz you love to see. I love if they're a long stall on not playing football, how great he can be tonight. But it's in Las Vegas. Weird things happen there. Like Paul Christ, Graham Mertz, Fayon Hicks taking that photo with that lady with the big hat and barely wearing anything. It's it's the Vegas Bowl, baby. It's beautiful. Badgers, Boston, don't matter, don't care. George Blechie <laughs> going to break it down with the best of them. A sports anchor, reporter, host, do it all for Nesson there in the greater Boston area. Georgie, thank you so much. A very happy new year to you. Thank you for joining us on TMA. We round out this Thursday show with our best bets up next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Second to last show of the morning after in the year 2021 is about to come to a close. But do not fear. The final football Friday of the year comes up tomorrow. A college football playoff pregame show in essence with a smattering of the NFL entering the second to last weekend of the NFL regular season as well. But before we do all that here on the morning after on this Thursday, we need to finish with our best bets. You have been listening on Sirius XM channel 159. You've been watching all across the Sports Grid Network, and I am Ben Stevens. College football bowl season. A game currently going on right now in the Dukes Mayo Bowl between North Carolina and South Carolina. In the first of the New Year's Six Bowls, tonight in the Peach Bowl, Michigan State, Pittsburgh. That is the focus for our best bet of the day. So before we say farewell, before we say goodbye, it is time for Bye Bye Bye.
So this is a difficult game to handicap. Michigan State will be without their best player, one of the leading rushers in all of college football, Kenneth Walker III. Should have been a Heisman finalist. Pittsburgh will be without their Heisman finalist and their quarterback, Kenny Pickett. Both players looking to the future, opting out to focus on the draft process for the NFL. So the line is flipped. Pitt opened as a two-and-a-half-point favorite. Now it's Michigan State laying three points in the Peach Bowl. But Nick Patty, who is the replacement for Kenny Pickett tonight, just 14 pass attempts this year. Outside of Kenneth Walker III, MSU still has a really good offense. Peyton Thorne, the quarterback for the Spartans, the third most efficient passer in all of the Big Ten this year, and he has some great options in Jalen Naylor and Jaden Reed. So I think Michigan State, a little bit more stable of a side to win this football game, and the line is working that way. Get it now. It was two and a half this morning, currently at three. The best bet of the day, the bye-bye-bye for this great Thursday of the college football bowl season, Michigan State, the favorite tonight and covering in the Peach Bowl against the Panthers of Pitt. The morning after for one final time. Tomorrow at 9 a.m. Eastern, I'm Ben Stevens. We'll talk to everybody on a football Friday. Are you one of us? We've just got one question. Do you like games? We do. Do you like winning? What a coincidence. So do